What's left to say? These prayers aren't working anymore. Every word shot down in flames. What's left to do with these broken pieces on the floor? I'm losing my voice. Calling it on you, 'cause I've been shaking, I've been bending backwards till I'm broke. Watching all these dreams go up in smoke. Let beauty come. Hey everyone, my name is Michael Kaiser. And I'm John Wilson. And I'm Sarah Century. <laughs> Welcome to another special episode of Make Ours Marvel, we like to call Not Comics. And we made that happen so smoothly. We all right? said hello. Right? Yes. It's pretty like great. We're professionals or something. So, um, Sarah, we'd like to thank you for becoming a permanent part of the um, movie Not Comic Specials. This is my first episode as a permanent part. Yay! Yay! So be, of course we be had to very get very much like the rest of your episodes that you've been on. It seems like it will be, <laughs> except for the part that you just heard, which was the yes. "Hi, I'm Sarah Century." <laughs> that usually comes later. Today, so earlier. of course, we had to get a guest. Yes. So, um, Sarah, would you be so kind as to introduce our guest? Yes, I will introduce our guest, who is my co-host of Bitches on Comics, Essie Fleenor. Oh, hey! Hello! Hello, Essie! You're I'm so happy to be here. Marvel. Thank you for um, 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 doing this. Thank you so much for having me. I love your pod. You guys are legit, so I'm super happy to be here. I have been listening to Bitches on Comics since it premiered. Um, when I heard Sarah was starting a show, I was like, ooh, I gotta get on that. So, um... We, uh, I think Mike and I have both been listening pretty much yep. all the 20 odd weeks you've been doing it. So it's been lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That's like such a, it's so nice to hear. We actually, it's, it's like Friday and we've been getting all these beautiful Friday follow messages and people like, you should follow bitches on comics and you should be a patron. And I'm just like in my, my home alone, just like, bawling, <laughs> just like weeping my eyes out. Like, oh, they love us. They really love us. They get us. Sarah's like, this is called the internet. <laughs> I'm like, don't trust do. them. <laughs> don't let your head get don't, too big. Don't give them your heart. <laughs> don't don't rip give it Twitter right your heart. Yes, I mean, I, it was like immediately followed with someone being like, oh, you made a list of people you like. Why didn't you put this person on it? And I was oh like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah. You know what? On my next podcast, <laughs> that's what I'll do. I'll do that on the next episode. List, just list names for thirty-five minutes straight. That's just it'll <laughs> be really fun to listen to. Um, yeah. So I'm S.C. Fleenor. I am a writer and editor, uh, freelance slash. I'm the managing editor of Bella Media Channel, which is a women-loving women, non-binary, queer, lesbian, and bisexual publisher that runs a pop culture site it's very cool brand new i started on monday so obviously i know everything i'm doing now i have no idea day five <laughs> uh-huh uh-huh today someone emailed me i was like when are you gonna put this thing up and i was like i'm not even gonna look at that email i have no idea <laughs> today's friday no um 
today is not the day, so you're good for now. <laughs> so yes, I love stories. I love comics. I'm newer to comics. I I always try and figure out like how long I've been reading them, but then I realize like I read one before that. So I don't know, like under ten years, definitely okay. an adult. When I found comics, um, I was assigned female at birth, grew up very gendered in a very binary system, as did we all. And part of that was I didn't get handed things like comics. I didn't get handed superhero toys. I got handed like ponies and princesses, which is totally cool. Ponies and princesses are legit. But I also really like superheroes. So when I found comics, I was like, who the fuck has been hiding these from me and why <laughs> I need these in my life. I need all of them. And then I just went on this wild binge and I think I read a hundred in like six months, uh, like, like bound volumes, like trade paperbacks because oh, nice. I was just like trying to get myself caught up. And I was like, you know, I was just like this open mind of like, I couldn't tell what was good or bad. Like I didn't, I was reading offensive shit and being like, that was delightful. And like, <laughs> then like now Sarah and I talk about it and I'm like, Oh my God, that's like really <laughs> Um, and I just love comics, truly, truly. And Sarah and I both write for Sci-Fi Wire's feminist vertical called Fangirls. That's how we met. Sarah was living in the Southwest, but not in Denver at the time. And then she moved to Denver. And I was like, be my friend. I need someone to talk to comic books about. Because all of my friends are like healthcare nerds and shit. But I'm like, <laughs> Okay, but we don't share the same texts. Like I need I need someone to do this with. And so we just started like having coffee and talking about actually Legends of Tomorrow and <laughs> the main character Sarah Lance who we both love. Just like a lot. Like a Sarah's lot of love. We just yeah. like text about her on a regular basis. <laughs> I've been yeah. I've been rewatching <laughs> early seasons of Arrow and it's really weird seeing early Sarah mm-hmm. when like they're writing her very hetero and she was acting very hetero and, it's, and my daughter Lily was like it's really really hard looking at her looking at Oliver and thinking that that's a thing right yeah I think that too she's one of those people who her art gets better when she comes out you know there's mm-hmm, a lot of characters mm-hmm. where I will read their comics for a long time and it you can just always tell that something isn't quite clicking and then whenever it finally does click and that can be in a you know any variety of ways but being queer is one of the ways where you just go oh that opens up all of this character exploration and I think that I found that really useful as like a queer creator as well Sarah and I both write a lot of fiction as well and I was working on this story about this android and I was like everything about the android is a metaphor for being queer yes amazing and I was like why will this story not work like I cannot figure it out and then I was like don't make the android metaphorically queer make the android queer (laughs) solved every problem I had in the story I was like oh my gosh and I so I think I've I that's one of the things Sarah said on the podcast that I just clung to is like sometimes when a character who has who's seemed queer for a really long time when they come out that block falls away and suddenly they sort of click in a way that the character hasn't in the past and i just i think that's such an important insight and yet there are all these voices out there saying why are you bringing in lgbt stuff and we're just like because it makes everything better but it really improves the stories (laughs) but also like because we exist you ass yeah yeah yeah, i'm right fucking here (laughs) right we do um so 
Essie has joined us because we are talking about one of her favorites. I'm sorry, one of their favorites. And um, we are going to be doing Deadpool 2 tonight. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I'm super excited to be talking about Deadpool. I'm like, yes. um, We have done Deadpool 2 before, back when it first came out. Back when this uh, show was like super newborn infant baby show. And we didn't really know what we were doing at the time. And we didn't really know much about Deadpool. And I, for one, have read a lot more Deadpool comics since then. Um, so hopefully I can you know, have a little more to say. But also, Sarah, you're here. Essie, you're here. And we can have a lot more fun with the conversation now, I think. <laughs> and I have read the exact same amount of Deadpool that I had read the last time we talked about Deadpool. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. And it was all 30 years ago, right? <laughs> right. Probably the perfect amount. Probably the perfect <laughs> amount, right. Yeah, just the uh, Liefeld stuff. That's the most important, right? <laughs> yeah, he really hasn't. He's one of those characters that just kind of stays the same and has been pretty static since then. I think <laughs> not much yeah. has happened. He definitely is the exact <laughs> same character that came out in New Mutants '98, <laughs> right? For sure. <laughs> so Deadpool is one of Asi's very favorite favorite characters, and I know this because we talk about Deadpool all of the time, all of the time, so, <laughs> all so, of the time. Um, how come you like Deadpool so much, Essie? <laughs> oh, what a great question. So early when I was figuring out like my comic book thing, I was like a couple years in, but not like super far. The first film came out and I was trying to figure out like what, what, like, who am I going to be into? You know, I feel like everybody had claimed <laughs> a hero. They were like, I've got Batwoman. Like I'm on, you know, you with Rachel Summers, like on Jean Grey, <laughs> like these are mine. And I'm like, okay, great. I like this. I need one. And especially in like feminist circles and queer circles, like nobody was really was at the time, like it didn't feel very into Deadpool. And so I was like, okay, this movie's coming. And my partner was like, oh, hey, I got you a, a really good Valentine's Day present, which maybe you don't remember. The first film came out on Valentine's Day. That's we went right. and saw it on Valentine's Day. And the day or like the week before, my partner was like, I got you an early Valentine's Day gift. And it was like six trade paperback volumes. Of like different times, like a, a bunch of Dugan, some Daniel Way, like all these different storylines. And I just shoved them all in my brain as quickly as possible, which is pretty much my approach to Deadpool. Sarah and I joke about this a lot. Like we can tell you the best places to read people. But for us, like if some of our characters that we love are showing up, we'll be more tolerant of maybe a storyline we didn't, we wouldn't love in a vacuum, but it's like, oh, Deadpool's in it. I love it. And that's just like who I am. Um, so I, I loved, I love humor. And I feel like so many of the heroes take themselves so seriously. And I love that Deadpool is like this smart, alecky younger brother, but also like antagonist who you can't predict, who's just always around the other heroes and like comparable and skilled to many of them. And, and you know, as an assassin, certainly more skilled than many of them. Is that a good thing? Who knows? And I mean, certainly in Deadpool's life, it's turned out, but IRL, maybe don't kill people. And I just, but I was into it. I was into like the sarcasm of it. I found like the, the for me, the blood was like hilarious. Like the, the violence is just really funny in Deadpool because it's like so absurd that like a person could be a good character and behead several people an issue sometimes <laughs> like how do we reconcile that by being like 
nothing matters. So I, I, you know, I like the nihilism of Deadpool. I, I liked, I, I think Ryan Reynolds is like the, the best possible casting for Deadpool. And right. it's like Margot Robbie, uh, Robbie as a Harley. You're like, okay, yeah. done. Check. We talked like, about that's that this is. <laughs> uh, on the last Deadpool coverage. We were like, well, Ryan Reynolds, he's the guy. There's no getting around that. <laughs> he's the and- perfect Deadpool. And he leans into it so hard. Oh my god, yeah. And around the movies coming out, it's exhausting. Mm -hmm. But like every now and then, it's just, he'll make a Deadpool joke, and I'm like, damn it. Damn it if I don't love that. I just (laughs) love it. You know? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. He was perfect for Deadpool, even when Deadpool was written not perfect in whatever that X-Men was. We, or uh, X-Men. Wolverine Origins. Yeah, Wolverine Origins. Like That was definitely not a Deadpool, but he was still perfect. As Deadpool, <laughs> as much as they gave him, allowed him to be, you know. Sword hands. Also, like Brian Reynolds, take your shirt off, walk around. Great, love it. <laughs> he did. Also, that. take your shirt off and put on those really, really weird tattoos showing where they put the <laughs> stuff into your system. Right. Well, what even was that supposed to be? <laughs> we don't. It was, it was action figure art. Over his face. Oh, it's um, too good. Yeah. It was it was actually too good was the problem with it. <laughs> it was too too good. Um, it was too good for the or- uh, Wolverine Origins world. <laughs> it really was. Um, so we talked about the first Deadpool film a, f- a few episodes back, um, but Essie, you weren't here for that. So do you want to give us your reactions to that movie? And and like I know you said that you uh, had seen it with your partner back on like Valentine's Day. Is that what you said? Yeah, the day it came out, yeah. Um, I was not expecting Deadpool. You know, I'd seen a lot of the Marvel films, and as we can talk about the individual ones to whatever degree, but, you know, they're kind of, they have this glossy, very, they have their own tone. Like, you really know what you're getting with the MCU. There, again, are some, like, exceptions that are particularly great or particularly terrible, but in general, the MCU is, like, decently consistent in how it is framed. And I was not expecting Deadpool. Like, I love that the timeline isn't linear. I love that it's, you know, narrated by just, like, an asshole in a lot of pain, you know? Like, I was just really really into, like, I love Deadpool's tragic clown thing. I'm like, I'm here for this. Because, like, if you, if, like, people, some writers really lay off the tragic and lean into the clown. And you end up with this really flat, two-dimensional Deadpool who's, like, killing a lot of people and, you know, has, like, really tight buttocks. I don't know. Just, like, that's his characteristic. And you're like, okay, sure. Yes, Deadpool has a great ass. We all know that. But, I, you know, he could also have a personality. And I think the tragic clown thing they really narrowed in on in the first film. I think Vanessa, I would love to have seen her be, like, a character, like, with her own things and her own goals, maybe her own mutant powers that she has in the comics. You know, this is my laundry list of wishes. But We're going to come I, back to this laundry wish. <laughs> yeah. <this> movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes, we shall. Yes, we shall. Um, you know, but I loved Colossus in it. Like when when he kills Ajax and Colossus vomits, I was like, this is one of the best distillations of who these characters are, right? Like Colossus would not be okay with that and would vomit. He'd be so shocked that Deadpool could kill someone, you know, in that moment. <laughs> Deadpool's like, 
but I'm me. And I really love I thought they really understood the characters. Uh, you know, there's like a lot of queer baiting in the first film that uh, we, we will obviously talk about the second film and how queer baiting plays into that as well. But I think in the first film, it's even even more egregious. So there's like the moment in the beginning when they have like the sex montage and they're, you know, it's, it's international women's day and they're boning down and, um, and he's being pegged by Vanessa. And then he's like, stop, stop, stop. And it's like this, this like, ah, fuck man. Like even when you're trying to do something that like could maybe possibly be construed as queer, like you've got this weird, hetero reaction to it so those parts kind of suck uh but you know i like i like the the overall arc of that film i thought (laughs) i'm also i'm mentally breaking away and being like you know that deadpool gets packed though (laughs) oh yeah in the the second film he's down with it and i was like you know what i see you i see that you corrected (laughs) your mistake in the first movie um yeah he's like please peg me and everyone's the better for it (laughs) <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, I yeah, all in all, like I watch it probably once a year, maybe twice a year. So I still enjoy it. And I just also the soundtrack is so good. Really like, so good. So, you know, now I can't hear, you know, salt and pepper without thinking of fucking Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> As you should. <laughs> I'm sure many people think of fucking Deadpool with that. Oh my god, that's not how I meant it, but I wish I'd, I wish I had. I wish I had. What what was the line? Uh, unintentional double entendres or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you hear yourself right now? Um, so okay, so great. So we're here with the second movie now. This I, I I'm not prepared. When did this movie come out? Uh, I have it. Oh, I'm not prepared either. I had it open. What happened? Uh, 2018. Yep, 2018. Wow, that feels. Wow, it, we're getting That was just like last week, right? 2018. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. wasn't that well, long ago? It's not 2018 right now. Uh, <laughs> could be. Happily, we are further along through this presidency than that. Uh, so, so minor miracles, right? Right. May 18th, 2018. So this was we were in the throes of uh, the Infinity War film had just come out. <laughs> Yes. And Deadpool 2 was out. Um, and Pretty yeah. much the same movie. Yeah. 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 You know, just pick one. Watch it. You're good. You'll know the whole story. Mm-hmm. And it's right after Logan came out, right? Yeah. <laughs> Logan yeah. was our last one we did. So this is next in line for the X series. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, there's like a part in the intro where Deadpool's yeah. like, fucking Logan had to get the R rating that I went for and... <laughs> You know what? I'm gonna die too. I, I love the voiceover. <laughs> the voiceover is so good. Then he you had know, that little like that little music box Logan stabbed, <laughs> stabbed by the by the log or whatever. That was just <laughs> I want one of those so bad. If that's so, real. I'm sitting here wondering if, if if that's a Hallmark actual creation or if yes. they made that for the movie. I don't um, know. But I, my wife actually went and saw this with us, which is completely bizarre because she doesn't do superhero movies. Um, oh, wow. So this she, is a good one to start. Yeah, this is a nice smooth entry point. Yeah. <laughs> she saw make a Iron lot of Man. sense. Yeah. It, it, was, was she okay? So a short story about her is, you know, she's never really been into superheroes. Uh when we were, you know, youngish married, we went and saw Iron Man 2 in the theaters, and she was a little bit bored. Um, but oh, then fair. we saw Man of Steel, and that pretty much turned her off. I love that movie. <laughs> 
this is you know but but she she did not so um she's like never watching superhero movies again and then <laughs> um the first deadpool movie uh, my daughter lily was like mom you have to see this so she came and sat down and watched it and she laughed her ass off. Aww. So when the second one came out, we all got together and we all went and saw it and um had had a great, great time. That's so cute. That's funny because I, know, my I really wife, like that. Uh had the exact opposite reaction because <laughs> she likes superhero movies too. If Iron Man's in it or if Thor's in it. I can't figure out the Thor one, or I refuse to try and figure out why she likes the Thor ones. But anyway, <laughs> um but I'm like, you should watch De- or Deadpool with me because for the you know for our last time we recorded I was like you should watch it with me because you like Ryan Reynolds and you watch all these rom coms with Ryan Reynolds in them right uh, and I don't think she laughed one time and she kept <laughs> she kept looking at me like that with that face she has where it's like you like the stupidest shit sometimes she she likes to tell me that out loud sometimes she just gives me a face she was giving me that face pretty good so I guess she just doesn't appreciate the humor of Deadpool but. <laughs> That's why I didn't invite her on this episode, so it's all right. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, uh, Deadpool's like a, like a strong drink, you know? You have to yeah. be <laughs> in the mood to be just off the rails. <laughs> For sure. Sarah, what are your memories of seeing this? Because you're um, back in superheroes at this point, right? That's right. I was watching them again. <laughs> I had come back into the world. I was it's on the wagon. I was back on the wagon again and hitting it hard. So I was just now thinking that I have no memory of watching this movie whatsoever, which is very strange. But I do remember my brother being like, you seen Deadpool 2 yet? (laughs) And I was like, no. And he was just like, yeah, well, it's on my my Amazon Prime. So go ahead and watch it if you want to. And I was like, I don't have any time. There's only 11 hours remaining. I have no time. And then that's this weird memory that's not connected to anything. So maybe I watched it then. Maybe I watched it six months down the road. I'm not sure. But it was, I remember being pleasantly surprised. And at that time, I hadn't seen the first Deadpool. So I had to go back and see the first Deadpool. And I think that we talked about this maybe a little bit on the last episode where I was just talking about how yeah, because uh, Vanessa isn't in this one basically at all. And so watching like their character development love story like kind of made me angry in the mm-hmm. first one because I was like, this isn't going anywhere. <laughs> like right. you just bridge her in the first five minutes. Like, Absolutely. But, but that was uh, the to me the most disappointing thing about this movie. I think everything else is pretty good. Yeah, I, I would say like the fridging opening and it, and the wild thing is if you like actually take a step back, we're just so accustomed to fridging. Like we are <laughs> really okay with like women being slaughtered to motivate men, like or kidnapped or raped, you know, taken as a seer like all, the whole franchise is just fridging then more fridging. And so I had to really like slow down and be like Okay, so it's not just Vanessa who's fridged, though she is fridged at the beginning. As soon as we get Cable's story, both his wife and daughter are fridged. (laughs) And it's like, what is going on in this film? Why are you killing so many women? And if it weren't for Domino, I mean, there's Blind Owl, but like, what else? Is there another female character? Well, obviously. Negasonic, yeah. Yeah, But I have a problem with that, too. Oh, let's, exactly. ooh, ooh, yes. Exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Um, whenever I mean. But yeah, <laughs> I I think that I have like a couple more beefs than than Sarah with the film. But I also like 
I really love it. I actually really love Deadpool too. And so sometimes I just like fast forward the intro because I'm like, ah, I don't really need to see Vanessa die. And it makes me feel like a lot of bad things. So I watch him kill a bunch of people, you know, as he does. And then it comes a scene where they're like, let's make a baby. And oh yeah, kiss me like you miss me red. And I'm like, fast forward, go through the (laughs) credits. And then like the credits, they're so disappointing because they make such a joke of Vanessa's death. Oh, and and so it's like, damn it! Like you couldn't just fridge her. You had to fridge her and then like pull out the broken pieces of her body and make fun of her. You know, like it, it yeah. made me sad. Wow, I don't even like, remember that part. I just remember it being like a Bond montage, but I can't remember what the montage was. <laughs> well, the, uh, the 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 credits are like you know in association with, but instead of saying Marvel or whatever, they're saying did they actually just kill her? So I feel uh, like they were trying to lighten the mood because it's supposed to be a comedy, but but yeah, it does cheapen the entire thing and and make fun of you know a death of a yet another female character. Um, I thought the really interesting thing was that like Ryan Reynolds, when, when he got that feedback, he was like, I'd never heard of fridging, which like, I'm not surprised by that because uh, I am though. That's a very comic book thing though, isn't it? It's like feminism in general, but Gail Simone wrote Deadpool and Gail Simone is like where that term comes from. And the fact that they make so many metatextual jokes in the movie to me, whenever he said that, I was like, really dude, are you sure you never thought this out? You never heard of anything. You obviously just, went through comic book references. <laughs> like I but know like, that I you've heard some stuff like totally. But I also think that if you don't actually care about women, right. <laughs> you don't hear those things. Sure. And it's kind of amazing. I don't know. I think about this all the time. Like I walk away from a comic or a, a movie or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, here's what I loved. And it doesn't matter what it is. I'm like, okay. And here's what was problematic. Most usually it's a representation of women or queer people, but, or, black women or black queer people but it's really just like so wild to me that that lens has to be developed in us right like it's not actually a given because our society is so deeply sexist so you know you're right sarah we should like there's no pass in there for mr reynolds like get get over it do your job better like you're getting paid a stupid amount of money do your goddamn research but also like i'm really hopeful that he seems to really care about the character and about the perception of Deadpool. Right. And so I'm hopeful that he will care, <laughs> that he will do yeah. something different. I'm going to give him at least through Deadpool 10 to change. Yeah. <laughs> like, but Deadpool 10 is my line, you know, like, I mean, at that you point. Gotta, you got to learn somewhere. And I also think, and maybe I'm just being too positive, but I think the message is spreading more than it has before. And I admit to myself, like five, 10 years ago, maybe I wouldn't have even noticed things like this either you know it's just we're all we're all becoming more aware of these things that we just took for granted and liked as you know males who want to protect our women so of course the motivation (laughs) of the movie is that the woman wasn't protected oh no you know like we we dig on that stuff but yeah it is not exactly great for uh the female story so and it's easy to make it great for the female story (laughs) you can you can always make adjustments to it. Right. So, yeah, I agree with all that, too. I'm pretty forgiving overall, but I got to say, I'm still going to side-eye Ryan Reynolds sometimes, like, and be like, mm, you sure you never heard of Gail Simone? Like, all right. <laughs> what else <laughs> right. Right. I totally heard of Fridging, but I just wrote it anyway. That's what he's going to say. <laughs> he's like, you know my, what? This is my earliest memory, and it's not that far ago, of being in a story when it came out where there is a fridging of a superhero female character while I was cognizant of the concept. 
Mm. And like, I've known about fridging for the better part of a decade, but I can't think of any times where I've like gone to see a movie and it's like registered. So I don't know, I guess, I don't know if it's a learning process or what, but it, <laughs> yeah. I remember watching it happen being like, wow, they really just did that to her, didn't they? <laughs> I read about this and now I'm seeing it happen in front of me. <laughs> but that said, you know, aside from that disappointment, I do like her as a character. Mm-hmm. I want more. Yeah. yeah. She was really fun. She's well written, other than the part where they, you know, kill her. But if you skip the credits too and the part where she dies, then you can just be like, I'm sure that she'll be back in the next movie. And this was just kind of a break. And hey, at least they resurrected her so she could be back in the next movie. That's true. Actually, that's totally true. She was just a weird fishbowl for a while. Yeah. I'm actually kind of hoping what happens is because the way he uses like the time jump, like somehow it enacts her powers or, uh, you know, <sighs> um, kicks her mutant powers into gear because she's actually kind of, uh, she's, she's, she's like mystique. Like she has the ability, she's called cat. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe your listeners don't know, but she's called copycat. And so she can appear as other people. And in the comics, it takes a very dark turn, but I think that they could in the films do something really fun with that and let her her be, you know, the way that, that Domino is so plucky in this and Domino is just Domino and Domino trusts her powers. It would be really cool to see Vanessa get to have an arc around her own abilities like that in the next film and be able to be not just like the girlfriend or the sidekick, but like a character in her own right. And honestly, I would love it if they kicked off the third film with her dumping Deadpool. You know, like, that'd be kind of amazing. Yeah. You know, and it'd be good for her to go do her own thing, you know? Because, re- I mean, really the second one, her only purpose, I mean, set- setting the fridging aside, her only purpose in that film is the object of Deadpool's affection. Yeah, like Both movies, really, right? Well, in the first movie, she at least had a little bit of depth, and we saw like a brief glimpse of complexity to her with the cancer diagnosis. I mean, she had a little bit more going on the first one, yeah. but this one, it's nothing. She sits in a chair and waits for Deadpool to love her. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, Vanessa, <laughs> yeah. Vanessa, we're really sorry things worked out like this for you. <laughs> I just really want to apologize. Uh, if, you... if we had been in charge, it never would have happened. You and Jean Grey can start a club. Oh man! The X Men franchise uh, disappointment club. Huge, huge punch to the stomach to hear that, but it's true. So, (laughs) so speaking of that club and how um, Domino's not a part of it, is Domino (laughs) like the best realized female superhero character in this entire X Men franchise? Yes, probably. Yes, she is. Yes, maybe the only decently realized female character. And she is Domino, 100%. Oh, yeah. If you've read the comics, that is Domino. There is no difference between her and the best written Domino of comics. I feel like that was one where you just, your whole mind is blown. Because A, she's totally hanging out with a bunch of people who immediately get killed, very Domino. (laughs) And she's just always, always, always in charge of what's going on. And also is kind of uh like trying to like make plans and stuff like that while everybody else is completely like riding on luck and completely messing up their whole job. So that happens in the comics all of the time. So brilliant. She's like, she's just so damn capable and she's constantly surrounded by people who are not yes. in both the comics and in the movie. And I think that that, and actually Sarah, it totally brings me back to your point because I'm like, if they got Domino that good, they had to have read a bunch of Gail Simone. 
Like <laughs> yep. they should have known. They should have known. Now I'm like, <laughs> I changed teams. I'm Sarah's team. They should have known. Um, and I, I, but like Domino, I also love that Gail Simone, whenever people will ask her all the time, like, who would you cast as your ideal Domino? And she's always like, it's Daisy Beats. Yeah, like that, it already that's... happened. She is the ideal Domino. She's the best. And she's so good in it. I thought it was super clever that they had, um, instead of, you know, because Domino in the comics is a uh, white woman with a black diamond around one of her eyes. In the film, they make it look a little bit more organic. And so since Daisy Beats is black, it's like a vertiglio, um, which is like when uh, darker skin gets white patches or lighter patches, I should say. And I thought that was like a very clever way of giving her that mark that is still distinct, but looks less ridiculous comic bookie <laughs> um which like i i love ridiculous comic bookie but it, it was nice that deadpool tries to put these like realisms together with its ridiculousness and i thought that like with with deadpool's scars and with like domino's vertiglio those are so different from the comics but in such a way that you're like oh my god yes perfect the only domino i've read is the same amount of deadpool i've read i think <laughs> And they show up together all of the I time. I think and really that Domino much. ended up not even being Domino, right? Or... Yeah, we talked about that last time. Yeah. Yeah. Domino you've read is not so, even Domino. I've never read any Domino, so... Yeah, Vanessa. Don't do that, Vanessa. That's weird. Yeah, she had uh, a hard time. <laughs> she was really she stuck through... between a rock and a hard place on that one, honestly. <laughs> like, I don't know. She went Can't through some rough stuff. Yeah, she sure did. <laughs> Yeah, her story sucks. Um, well, at least they got that right in the film. <laughs> <laughs> they did. And her costume design, as you say, just overall was brilliant. I think almost everything about it. She's very cool, doesn't really let things get to her. The whole time she's just kind of enacting a plan that she's composed in her head and hasn't really told anybody else about. All of those things is just like, check, 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 check. <laughs> like, it's the best domino possible. And honestly, it was one of those things where I was so surprised that they did that so well. Because I'm, you know, there's so many changes with superheroes. And you, you never know what you're going to get. And it's kind of hit and miss sometimes. Considering, and then, considering what they did with all the rest of that team, she fared yes. pretty well. <laughs> oh, dear God. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Coming uh, in for a landing. Where's the rest of the team? <laughs> Uh, yeah. There's good and badness on that one. Yes, exactly. I love that um, you know, the way Domino is introduced, like as they're recruiting the team. Um, she's like, Oh, you know, like what's your superpower? She's like, I'm lucky. And then she and, and Deadpool just argue, and it's like a very quick back and mm-hmm. forth. But in the end, Deadpool agrees that she's lucky, and she's like, See, there it is, because she's that lucky. And I think that that's such an amazing thing that, you know, it's like when she flies through the air out of like the prison transport and she she flies through the air and you're like, not Domino. And then she lands on like a slowly uninflating teddy bear that like cushions yes. her fall. One and it's the like the best scenes of the entire movie for sure. Maybe the best scene. I, it's certainly up there. Uh, I, I enjoy watching her fight too. But yes, I mean, she's just like so... And I love that she's always composed. You know, you, Deadpool is the opposite of composed, right? Like that is a a, a person with <laughs> a frantic mess. Just yeah. yes, like bisexual disaster, but pansexual. You know, like that is Deadpool <laughs> as a person. And Domino's not. Domino also like I love that you keep saying she's planning, Sarah, because that's not how I perceive her. But now that you've said that, I'm like, of course, that is Domino. She is planning. She just also has. It's like that's how her power works. Just to be clear about that, her, uh, I mean, and I don't even know if this has been textually explained, but as you see it play out in the comics, 
it is a combination of her making these plans that are truly bonkers of, oh, well, of course I'm going to like land on that and roll over this. And here's me at the very end, you know, and she can always visualize it before it happens. So that's definitely, it's like, she'll be falling and being like, so I could, and like starts looking around and making plans. So it's not just that she, <laughs> that something bad happens and then she's like, dot, dot, dot. And then <laughs> she like rolls out of it or something. She has to actively be engaging with her plans of getting out of it. Um, but yeah, that's to me, I mean, honestly, one of the most in- interesting things about Domino is that she has to see it in her head as she's doing it, you know? But there's, yeah. there's also a confidence that something will come along. Right. Because you wouldn't make that plan. Like you as a person wouldn't (laughs) make the plan of like, I'll just somersault into like (laughs) this teddy bear. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, she sees, I don't, I don't know if y'all are into Steven universe, but there's one point where, oh yes. Okay. Where Garnet (laughs) describes how her foresight works. And she says, it's not that I can see the future. It's that I can, that time is a river and I can see all the paths it could possibly take and I can help divert it. And that's kind of how I see Domino is like, she has this both like, yes, a plan, but also this ability to be like, and here's like the 18 other plans that should that change go with this thing. But none of them are like, written in stone you know she's a very like she's the opposite of me like i need a plan to be alive and she's like i've got a plan and it'll just work out and i'm not like that at all it's like not reality altering or reality bending but it almost feels that way because she's just like you know she knows something is going to come along and she's wait, willing to wait to see what happens but it she does. can plan on it being there because she knows it will Yes, in uh, the Cable and X-Force series, the comic series is by Dennis Hopeless, there is a team-up between her and Boomer, Boom Boom, Meltdown, whatever you want to call her, Tabitha Smith. And because Tabitha Smith is just like pure chaos all of the time, it's like (laughs) she's the foil of Domino's power set. (laughs) She like makes it to where they almost die a bunch of times. And Domino Cozen is just like, I planned everything out to the letter. All you have to do is the three things I tell you to do please god like don't do this wrong because we will die and then tabitha smith is like whoops i just blew everything up bonkers huh (laughs) and so (laughs) they end up having to like escape on a jet ski and like all of this bonkers stuff happens so to me i think that uh maybe i mean this is not a team up that we have seen yet in the films but one can only hope because that was brilliant Absolutely. I, I, I also, the new Domino Hotshots, mm-hmm. like the, he started in 2019, uh, written by Gail Simone. Very fun. It's an all-female team. They're all like from different nationalities, different commitments, different kinds of heroes. Some have power, some don't. And it's the exact same thing. Domino is like, I've got a plan. We're going to meet this person. We're going to get this thing. And it'll be good for all of us. But you all have to be on my page. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're cool. We're cool. We're cool. They get there immediately. Everyone pulls a gun on each other. Like <laughs> the the like Wakandan just starts like kicking everybody's asses. And she's like, fine, fine. I'll make a new plan. And it's just like so exactly who I want Domino to be and who she is. Like, yes. And the film really, I was really really pleased with how the film captured her i think it is probably like you were saying sarah i think it's probably the best thing about deadpool 2 mm-hmm. well let's um we can't go past the that part without talking about x-force getting totally slaughtered <laughs> which yeah, is they do. fantastic because the marketing of this film 
right? Oh, yeah. The marketing of this film was all about Deadpool and Cable and X-Force. Like, that's what you wanted to come see. <laughs> and they finally get to the middle of the film. And it's right at the middle because my son tends to watch, you know, feature films in halves. We'll yeah. do one half one night and one half the other night. And the halfway point is whenever he's doing the crayon plan. So they've just <laughs> so formed funny. the team and they're about to fly down. Um, and you're like, ready for X-Force. Yeah, Shatterstar is <laughs> there with the with the thing around his face. Awesome. And, and then they all die. Even Peter dies. Which was sad because Peter had a Twitter account and the last thing he tweeted was how he was going to go skydiving the next day. And, (laughs) um, but yeah, it was really, really unexpected and really, you know, fun. If you don't, if you recall, there were scenes of X-Force fighting in the trailer. <laughs> right, they like, did misleading trailer. I like about Bedlam that. was shooting cars and stuff with his electricity and yep. stuff, and so you're thinking that's going to happen, and then they just <laughs> don't even touch the ground. You know what that reminds me of is whenever Mike Allred and Peter Milligan took over X Force and they just killed yes. everybody that one issue, and they were just like, "Yeah, everybody died off panel, whatever," and they just like went on and focused on these incredibly unlikable reality star superheroes, <laughs> which was, I mean. Honestly, to me, one of the greatest moves in all of comics, because you you are absolutely lying if you say that X-Force wasn't incredibly stagnant at that point. <laughs> and so for them to just kind of walk in and be like, guess what? Everybody's dead. Here's new characters. You're going to hate them. They're going to die, too, really fast. <laughs> I think that that was, I mean, thematically what happened here. <laughs> absolutely. And I, I actually, I loved it. I thought that oh, where I was like so often I go into a superhero movie and I'm like, I pretty much know what's going to happen. I felt like Deadpool two was the first one. And now there've been a couple that have, have done this that had this sort of um, red herring set up through the, the trailers and you're like, Oh my God, it's a completely different film. So I was actually deeply engaged in it. Like I was really present watching it the first time. And I was like, what bedlam? Like bedlam just <laughs> died. Like how did that happen? And like, obviously, cause he was not very good with his parachute and also <laughs> high winds. High wind Nobody warning. listened about Nobody the high listened. winds. Um, Except that what's was his name? so funny to me. Except TJ yeah. Miller. Oh my God. What was the list? Terry doesn't like high winds. Okay. Shatterstar. Shatterstar definitely died. Cause he's like, he's like one of the ones I actually know. Yes. And I was totally fine with him dying based on the stuff I know. So, but later he's really good. And a queer. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we I didn't get to that far. <laughs> to me, it was uh, like, oh, a Liefeld character got chewed up in a thing. Cool. No biggie. Yeah. Z- Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. Who was from that X Force run that I was just mm-hmm. talking about where everybody mm-hmm. dies. He actually mm-hmm. dies that issue. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanisher. He was on the cover of that one. Vanisher. Oh my God. Vanisher <laughs> um, and Peter and Bedlam. Bedlam. Okay. So. Uh, I don't know if this is common knowledge, but Terry Crews would not be in Deadpool 2 if he didn't sign a two-film deal. So he will be appearing in another film as, as Bedlam. If you notice, med- medical professionals rush to Bedlam where they right. don't to other people. So, so so ostensibly, he survives. At the end, they go back and they save well, the only person <laughs> Deadpool saves from X-Force is Peter. <laughs> and rightly so. Sugar Bear? 
Yeah. Sugar Bear, go home. Look at her, Sugar Bear, just go like, home. Peter, just turn around and walk away. Okay. I was a this has been pretty away. scary. Yeah. <laughs> Can you give <laughs> Domino my number? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Domino does not want your number. Uh, yeah. She's, you know, going to smash so I, there Not that this has anything to do with Deadpool, but that dude is in a show called Catastrophe on uh, Amazon Prime that uh, I have since watched. And now that I've seen this again, it's weird to see him as this weird Peter guy because he's a different kind of guy in that movie. But real or TV show, really good TV show. If you guys want more uh, Rob Delaney, because he is pretty funny. Well, Terry yeah. Crews is, of course, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which yes. I have not been watching for the last nine years and just oh started gosh. watching oh, um, so a few lucky. weeks ago. You're so lucky. So, he's always he's also on uh, Everybody Hates Chris or Loves Chris, whatever that was called. That was a good show. Probably too. do both. Chris is a very complex individual. Yeah. <laughs> just like zeitgeist okay well we haven't talked about another minor char- well not that minor but kind of minor character who is the other i would say best part of the film which is yeah. Firefist, aka russell yes because Firefist in the comics is you know f- fine like you know. <laughs> oh, okay well uh Sure. I don't know. I don't have words for what Firefist is because I, I love do. this version. Please, Sarah, what is Firefist? Okay, so oh my he god, is... that's that's who that's supposed to be. Exactly. Oh, yeah, Rusty Collins. Uh, I did so... not put that together until just now. wait. Rusty Collins. Yes. Oh that my is god. god. He's called Firefist in the comic. It's a really bad name, and it comes up maybe uh, three or four times. And every time you're like, hmm, nobody. Nobody's put a stop to that yet. So Rusty was in the early X-Factor comics. So whenever they were being mutant hunters, he was was one of, he's in that, he's in, Yes, New Mutants, and then he's a villain sometimes in X-Force, but then he dies. You hear about dies. Rusty in the phrase, <laughs> Rusty and Skids. Yes, because Skids is a badass, yeah. and she was one of the Morlocks. She had like that unbelievable dress sense. She looked very uh, out of the Madonna video, pretty much, and just was amazing, and had come from a really uh, troubled background, and she had been in the Morlocks for a long time, and she was always one of those girls who was like don't worry about me. I can make it on my own. Like one of those teenagers. And so, um, yeah, she paired up with Rusty because Rusty was also having catastrophic power issues. She couldn't touch anybody because she couldn't trust people enough to let her force field down. And he was afraid of burning people. Right. So, well, they hooked up. It's so amazing how their powers work together, but yeah, it's like someone designed it that way. (laughs) I feel like somebody did. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but he had come from their lives. he had come from a traumatic background like he had uh accidentally uh yeah actually it's probably best not to get into that story um <laughs> yeah but we'll save you that uh, it's it's pretty messed up but um yeah he basically was really boring it was unbelievable actually how boring he was he never really had a chance unfortunately then he died on asteroid m and sometimes you see skids pop back up and she's kind of in mourning she was like an agent of shield for a minute i think and and um, yeah, it just, it really doesn't go anywhere. He was like, that's, gosh, I cannot believe that's the same character. <laughs> My mind is blown now. Cause that's like, 
That's like the first Rob Liefeld New Mutants is Skids and Rusty fighting the stupid vulture. I totally remember right. that. That's whenever they go right. evil and it lasts for years because people yeah. are people have no idea what to do with these characters. So they're like, oh yeah, they're like wow. brainwashed and they're in what? the MLF now. Yeah, and now they got abducted by this. the MLF and then forgotten about. Now they're in the Acolytes because we didn't really know where else to put them. We need a few other characters on the ship to die to have impact on <laughs> the story. Couldn't they just remember? House of M him or something? Or? Yeah. Remember when Cable like got the mutants together in order to go find Rusty and Skids, and then five mm-hmm. years later they hadn't yet. Yeah, they were just like, "Oh <laughs> God, we really did get distracted, didn't we? What were we doing that year?" Uh, lots of time travel, you know. And then Rusty shows up again and is like, "You guys really never cared about us," and they're just like, "Rusty, <laughs> don't we tried for five years? Come on, we cared we about really you, Robert. Up. We cared a lot." Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think they managed to capture a lot of those different layers in the movie. Like, Deadpool cannot handle that his name is Firefist. Like, he can't (laughs) even, like, make himself say it without laughing so hard that he's, you know, being a jerk. Because, well, Deadpool. And I thought that they really captured having a traumatic background without it being necessarily one-to-one with the comics. And I love that he was played by a fat actor. Julian Dennison um, is super great and um, premiered in a film by Taika Waititi called Hunt for the Wilder People. And Taika chose... Julian because he was just such a an animated actor and you really get that in Deadpool too. He actually wasn't allowed to see the movie um, because he was underage and so he could curse and do all the things but they didn't want him to see probably because of the shirt cocking um, they, they just were like you know what this is not for you child but he talked about as an actor like how important it was for him because he's like you know I go to all these superhero films and I never see anyone who's fat And so to be a fat superhero on screen, to be the first fat superhero on screen, not done for laughs, is a really powerful thing. And, like, Russell's really powerful. Like, I love the way they honor his rage and his abilities. And, like, this is exactly what would be happening to young mutants who are getting their powers, especially if you think about the layers going on for Russell. He's a Maori immigrant. He lives in this children's home that is a thin veil for a gay conversion camp. He is a fat person. He says, you know, the industry discriminates. There are no fat superheroes. And, and, and then he becomes this villain, not on screen, right. But in the future that cable lives in, he is the villain that Sarah was telling you the history of, and he is very powerful and very angry. And he's who kills cables, uh, wife and daughter. And so I love that they're trying to, they're grappling with this, the legacy of the character in the comics to some degree and with like this duality in this character. And I, I really love, I love that we get to see again, like that, that part of Deadpool who really, he really does care about children and he really cares about people who've been through hard things. And he has a hard time because he's been through a lot of really awful trauma. And also like, we can talk about like what his brain is literally doing, depending on which person's writing him. And so he's got lots of different things stacked against him and he, but he sees the people who have that pain and he finds them. And like, he does that in his own comics, you know, where he meets people all the time who've been through the worst things they can imagine sometimes because of Deadpool, to be fair. And 
he becomes friends with them and develops a relationship beyond what he seems to be capable of. And so I love his relationship with Russell because I think it really makes us deal with the fact that someone could be this ball of evil chaos, which Deadpool frequently is, you know, he shoots the man who's been holding Russell at the school in front of a lot of people and goes to jail for it. Well, to, you know, like a, you know, (laughs) a a mutant camp is probably a better description. I don't know. And it's, I think it just gives all these layers to the story that we're missing in the first one. Deadpool's so selfish in the first film, even when he pursues Vanessa. He's such an asshole, you know? Like, he won't just be like, hi, I'm here and I'm alive. He just is too concerned about what he looks like. Fair enough. Like, I don't have horrible disfigurement. I have no idea what that experience is like. But in the second film he really has to figure out, you know, he, they talk about it in the intro and the outro. He says, you know, um, I, family was always an F word to me. And now like, it's not, um, which, you know, is like very confusing. Cause it's like, well, but it starts with F I think maybe, <laughs> maybe it is an F word Deadpool, but okay. And Emily, Emily <laughs> is what Deadpool is about. And I, I just, I love, I love that so much. And Russell's such a cool character. I love that Russell is like, fine, you're going to be a dick to me. I'm going to go make friends with a big meanie, AKA juggernaut. And I'm going to be fine. Like I'm a survivor. And I, I just thought that was like really clever. Like I, I, I go ahead. I was going to say like, you were listing all of his personality traits they brought out earlier. Uh, and like, I, I just a, the right dose of immaturity was in there too. Right. Like, like he's acting like a young teen and saying stuff that doesn't always make the most sense. And really that's, that's probably not the best idea, but it's exactly what would occur to somebody of his age as being the right idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you mean like when he gets to prison and he tries he to fight literally everybody? <laughs> yes. But it's like, it's not, he doesn't get written as like annoying kid syndrome. He gets written as like, oh, I don't want this guy to fail, and I really think he's going to. Mm-hmm. Justified I mean, it, anger, kid. It's yeah. it's impossible to point out every little quip in this movie, or even talk about any of them, really. But I just have <laughs> to point out the one that is my absolute favorite one that just makes me laugh for like 28 minutes or something like that. But like <laughs> when they're in that prison, because it reminded me of that, because this is where Russell gets punched in the face five times. Uh and Black Tom Cassidy comes up and says, Black Tom Cassidy, and Deadpool's response is White Wade Wilson. I just <laughs> I just freaking lose it. That is like Oh, he just keeps cable. going. He's like, Cable, you're a racist. Right. Like, and he hasn't like, <laughs> you killed the referring. black guy. You're such a racist. <laughs> he's referring to Black Tom Cassidy as a black person. Yeah, it's just hilarious. But I don't um, remember his name, just that he was African American. But I'm like, I'm <laughs> I'm like um, all for, you know, due process and I'm against the death penalty and I'm a pacifist and stuff. But I really do love that scene you were talking about where, like, let's get real for a minute. And he asks him, like, is somebody hurting you here? You know, and then, of course, he does his Deadpool version of how to solve that problem, which is actually, you know, fictionally is very satisfying. But that does make weird sex lips and the weird sex lips. It makes me think of a couple things that are and and you ultimately have to give up because it's Deadpool. But like one, your show kind of screwed up my brain a little bit YouTube because <laughs> I I still always think about that episode where someone asked you what's the freaking difference between Joker and Deadpool and it's like yeah kind of good point because they both just kind of <laughs> go around and make me laugh and are chaotic and kill people that I don't want them to kill and also kill people I do want them to kill 
Right. Uh, so what's the freaking difference? And then also in this movie, like he's spending so much time making sure Russell never kills anybody so that he's not evil. But in doing that, he's just <laughs> randomly killing like everybody Lots who comes along. Violence. So it's like, what's the freaking, you know, what are we trying to figure this out? And I give up, but it does spin around in my brain a little bit. Hmm. Like how that I'm works. It's done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I've got a, it's a fire alarm in my house. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> off now. My partner's making non. Oh, I I know. I was like, damn. Well, Russell takes us to Juggernaut, who is also not in the marketing. Complete surprise (laughs) appearance. Played by Ryan Reynolds. Is that right? Yeah, played by Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. What? Uh (laughs) So his face, his is the distorted face with a super huge mouth inside the helmet. I'm not sure how played by me, like what that means with a CGI character, but the that's voice, what the credits maybe? say. Reynolds provides the voice for the voice for Juggernaut, according to this thingy here. And the credits are saying he's voiced by himself. Juggernaut's voiced by himself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when you let Ryan Reynolds have a lot of control of a film. Just <laughs> a lot of jokes on jokes. Um, yeah. I love Juggernaut in this. I thought that I love like all the jokes about being like, you know, I think they do a really good job commenting on how hard X-Men films are to watch or to keep track of. I shouldn't have said to watch to keep track of in this film. Like, you know, where Deadpool is constantly like, why you got an X-Mansion that's completely empty? Where are the (laughs) X-Men? And then like in the background, you see all of them and they like close the door. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I paused it. Uh-huh. None of those actors are the real actor. <laughs> those are all their stunt doubles or their fakes or something. But it reminded me very much of the Spaceballs scene where they capture their stunt doubles because they all look <laughs> almost like the right person. But they're also the wrong X-Men. So it's like, what does that mean? You know, they're all like the 60s X-Men. Right. Oh, yeah. Because like uh, there's the James McAvoy lookalike there. Yeah. And the Beast and whoever else was standing there. It was none of like the modern people which is supposedly when this takes place but does it really matter no well that's that's also deadpool's joke because he's yeah. like i'm really confused about the town ta- timeline are we talking mcavoy or stewart that's from like right. film, the first film and yeah so i i thought that juggernaut is like you know i love that like one of the ways we get to know juggernaut is like they're walking up to the school and and uh firefist russell is like oh so you wear your helmet because your brother tries to steal your thoughts and juggernaut is a, a you know inappropriate and says a joke that is ableist but it is an interesting introduction to like oh right like this character exists in this wider narrative and is just popping into this film but doesn't doesn't have to be what happens with a lot of the characters in the mcu like when you look at scarlet witch Again, because of properties and blah, 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 and rights and blah, 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 you know, making her not a mutant. And it's like, well, but but she is. And that's kind of like. Yeah, but she's an Avenger. She's never been an X-Man. No, agreed, agreed, agreed. I don't think she belongs in the X-Men. But I think that uh, what I like about what Deadpool does is it Uh it sort of gestures to things off off screen. Uh It's like. Mm, yeah, this is this is connected to Professor X, but we're not gonna like get into it because clearly it doesn't matter. We got a juggernaut in X-Men 3 who was a mutant. It's juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> this is a different juggernaut, apparently, or supposed to be the same one, or who cares? Again. <laughs> well, this one's no. played by Ryan Reynolds and the other one wasn't, so right. 
the other one got taken out by Ellen Page, and that is queer excellence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that seemed like a very different juggernaut anyway than this one. <laughs> Rowdy Australian uh, yes, much SNM. smaller. <laughs> hey, Wolverine sticks up for Rowdy Australians, just as pride of the X-Men. <laughs> yes, I will. Um, okay, so Cable, we haven't talked about. Yay! I love and that guy. I love me some Josh Brolin, always, pretty much. Yeah. So oh, yeah, 2018 was the year of Josh Brolin because Josh. Yes. Thanos. <laughs> and there were there were yeah. definitely some speeches from Cable that just sounded straight up Thanos to me, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Not yeah. all of it, because he definitely had a different uh, overall badass male whatever attitude, but right. Uh, but um, there were definitely some parts where it's like he was just talking about how the universe has to be fixed or something. He's like, wow, you sound very Infinity Gauntlet right there. But, <laughs> but I love Cable in this. I don't know. I don't know if I love Cable in comics per se, but again, only really read the Liefeld stuff, so what do I know? But uh, He gets better with age yeah, again. I imagine He's, they all get better. Yeah, but. pretty much everybody who was in that... <laughs> <laughs> those late New Mutants days, right? They've done so well. many different things with him. Yeah, he's a confusing dude. But, oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, in this movie, I think he's really fun. Yes, this was a great introduction to Cable. I think that he's one of. The, I mean, I was reading late era New Mutants X Force kind of stuff uh, whenever I first got into comics, and so. I mean, I think that it was right around the ex- the actual X-Force comics, I think, were right around whenever X-Force like, goes to Burning Man that one time. <laughs> That's like oh. whenever I started uh, buying. But I was reading back through X-Force a lot. And uh, yeah, there was just a lot of very pointless machismo. He's one of those guys who just mm-hmm. says macho shit and it mm-hmm. like it doesn't match. It's just stuff from action movies. Mm-hmm. So he'll be like... And this time it's personal. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake. And like all of this stuff. And you're, I'm going to get my wife back. Where'd your wife come from? We didn't even know that there was a wife in this. But like, it's yeah. just like always that kind of stuff with that guy. Or like in the uh-huh. X-Men cartoon where they go, who are you? And he's like, I'm the wild man of Borneo. <laughs> that was uh, always what I knew Cable as. And he's uh-huh. like that in this a lot. Yeah. But in a fun way. Which is not mm-hmm. how it was in the early 90s. In the early no. 90s, it was just like... What the heck is this? Yeah, they were trying to play it very serious. So it's, you know, varying degrees of hilarious anyway. But this was kind of conscious of that while making him still be that character. 100%. I think they, they did a good job of like making him serious, but still in the confines or context of this absurd movie. Uh-huh. You know, like, I don't know. That's not easy. He there was were a definitely, good counterpoint yeah, to there were, Deadpool. But he was also funny sometimes, but there was definitely moments of like actual drama with him, mm-hmm. which is, and there were moments of drama with just Wade Wilson too, I guess. Like, but, uh, and it's yeah, the big annoyance they, with Wade Wilson came through was just like a Jesus yes. Christ. That was awesome. <laughs> and like his reluctant love for Deadpool. He's like, uh-huh. I hate you, but fuck if I don't love you. You <laughs> yeah. know, like if they have these, like, you know, they have, we, Textually in the comics, but also you know like, <laughs> they have sex dreams about each other. Like in the comics, I'm not saying yeah. they like that they have sex dreams about each other, but there is something deep between those two who are just like we are connected in a very deep way. And then there's like Domino off to the side who's like you're both ridiculous. You like, should make out <laughs> is what Domino is she's saying. Like, just do it already, God. Yeah. Um. Yes, I liked Cable a lot. And then who else is there in this movie? Yukio and Negasonic Teenage okay, Warhead. So that is disappointing. <laughs> because I already felt like in the last movie there wasn't enough Negasonic Teenage Warhead. And then right. this movie there felt like there was even less. 
Which is I backwards. Because usually when a character is really popular in a movie, they really amp up the coverage in the next one, right? But right. like this one, it almost felt like they were filming scenes at her house or something because she didn't have enough time to do anything or you right. know, and they, superimposing her. They were like, check this out. She has a really cool girlfriend. This is amazing. And then it was yeah. just like, and goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see like, you Yu-Gi-Oh again. Yu-Gi-Oh is amazing. Yu-Gi-Oh is so amazing. Yu-Gi-Oh is so amazing. She is. She's really good in this movie. They're both great. Like, they yeah. just weren't in the movie. <laughs> right. That's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was like the fact that they got a glad award, like oh, I know. Like, See, glad is, is like honestly, and not to like go full shit talking mode, like I often do. But yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say that glad sometimes is like the bare minimum award, and I kind of yeah. wish that sometimes they would stop because I'm like, I don't know if these people all deserve those awards, especially for doing the bare minimum, and especially since like how few queer people get these awards. <laughs> like I think that maybe we should back off of it because it means that they go. Well, yeah, she has a girlfriend now. She's in the movie for three and a half minutes. And so we have excelled at queer rep. And it's like, I don't I don't think you did because there's more screen time between the and I'm not disparaging this because I really like this. But there is more of a love story between Colossus and Deadpool (laughs) than there is of them. Um, And like that conversation almost is like always just people go, oh, that was all just played for jokes. And it's like. No, the tender love between Colossus and Deadpool in this movie is textual. It is on the screen and it is a thing. The way that I view it is that, sure, yes, it is certainly seems to be mostly done for jokes. But, you know, straight people often write queer characters they don't intend to. And that's on y'all. That's not on me. <laughs> that's like a love scene. All I see is these two characters falling in love time and time again. You know, like there's the, the say anything where Deadpool's outside of Colossus's window with like his phone that looks like a boombox playing a song. <laughs> you know, he like he's getting his butt kicked by Juggernaut. He gets a, a like a fence post through his head and he's like laying there on the ground and he looks up. And if he were a woman, there would be no doubt in anyone's <laughs> mind that what happens next is love. He gets right. scooped up off the ground like a damsel in distress into Colossus's arms where he caresses Colossus's face, pulls the spire out of his head, and he's like, you came from me. Peter Gabriel playing. <laughs> yes. Your eyes. Da, da, da. And then, he start, then he starts doing sexual things with his fingers. Yes. We, we can't see Colossus's emotions because of all the awesome things about Colossus as a CGI character, facial emoting is not <laughs> oh, one of yeah, them. Yeah, no. Right. <laughs> also, I don't know. Never mind. But he, he, yeah. Honestly, I think that at least Colossus realizes he's being flirted with and has not stopped it. Right. And I mean, and Colossus I will never is, quit on you, Wade. Colossus is a sensitive artist. And so yeah. he knows not to fall if it's just going to be a one night stand. Colossus is letting himself be wooed in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, there, mistakes. There's and, even that, uh, that, um, say anything scene. Yes, absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, come on. He's like, you know what, Deadpool? I can't deal with you like this. And you're going to have to actually do work to prove that you love me. And Deadpool does. I mean, there must be a reason he's so hell-bent on reforming Deadpool, <laughs> right? He he's wants like, to I, like that. 
Like, why Deadpool more than anybody else, you know? Right. I Uh, just need you to be able to be somebody who can have dinner with the professor and... and and Stop disappointing me and breaking my heart. As soon as you're somebody I can bring home to dad. (laughs) Seriously. We've all fallen for the bad boy. (laughs) I just need you to understand that this organic steel hurts on the inside. <laughs> also like, Deadpool, let's face it, probably one of the few people who can survive him. Colossus is like Eminem. Crunchy exterior, soft chewy interior. <laughs> I thought you meant Eminem the rapper and I was like, how? <laughs> how? Both Colossus lay beats down like no one been this. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I don't even know what that was. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> So glad Colossus exists in these movies and that we finally got Colossus somewhere. And it's yes. such a good Colossus. It's yes. so in line with the character. I don't was... read a ton of him in the comics, but like he's always around, you know, he's an X-Men. So mm-hmm. um yeah, I thought that he was lovely in this. Again, I, I loved in the first one when he can't handle that Wade would kill Ajax and just like barfs. And I love that in this one he can't not show up for Wade, right? Like that's yes. just that was it. great. And and he can be mad about it, and he can pretend like he's not going to, but he is going to show up, you know. And with let's his, face like, it, fanboy, Colossus versus Juggernaut. How fun is that? Mm-hmm. That was so fun, <laughs> right? Cue the CGI fight. Yes, yes. yes. And, and labeling the things in the refrigerator is very important. <laughs> that was so funny. So um, I had a little bit of connectivity problems earlier, and. I want to chime in on one thing on the end of the cable conversation, and then we can start wrapping up. Um, cable, we all know, is the son of Scott and Gene from the what? future. No, I, I knew that. But I'm like, kidding. he wasn't originally conceived to be that. That was all kind of brought in as things went on. He that was, was just put mis- in with scotch tape holding it together. <laughs> is right. that working? He was just a <laughs> mysterious guy with a past, um, and then that past became the future. And other stuff. But, like, I thought, you know, whenever they said they were bringing cable, my question was, well, how are they going to do the whole Scott and Gene thing? And they just didn't. (laughs) And did it matter? It didn't matter. Doesn't change a thing. Makes it easier. Just like like in the comics, in the early appearances of cable, the fact that you don't know that doesn't affect your appreciation or lack thereof of cable. (laughs) Right. At all. Yeah. I, mean, I think that was, would just muddle up the whole thing anyway. Really, it is unbelievable that somebody came up with the idea to make him be the future child of Jean Grey and Cyclops. We already had one. That was, I mean, we already had one that y'all just don't even do anything with. But I love it. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of I, like, I love complicated. I'm like, the weirder connections. I'm like, yeah, I love it. Even when it doesn't work, I'm like, I love it. I just love that about comics. Yeah. Why? Why True. did you need to do that? You didn't. The nineties is why. <laughs> so I don't know about the rest of you, but since we're, I guess, near the end of the show, so therefore the end of this movie, like they're all walking away talking about how they're X-Force now, essentially. <laughs> and I would love to see more X-Force or Deadpool yes. with X-Force in it with those characters, all of them, Domino and Cable, especially, but Colossus too. He seemed to walk away with them, even though he's an X-Men. So I don't know what that and means, Joe but Pinder. Don't but, forget Dopender. And Dopender. But I got to say, it really makes me sad every time we are now talking about the MCU and who's going to be Wolverine in the MCU and who's going to do this in the MCU. It's like, I just don't want the X-Men in the MCU. I want them to keep going with this thread, even though it's a little weird and convoluted. It doesn't <laughs> make any sense. I just, 
I don't know. That's just me. I don't know what the rest of you think, but especially after we've watched all these movies in a row and talked about them, I'm like, let's just keep it going. Let's get Logan's kids. <laughs> let's give Logan's kids the new mutants or something. And let's uh, yeah. do X-Force and let's just not muddle this all together with, you know, the MCU. Cause they have their own thing going. Disney's listening and they're like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they care. You know what? Yeah. He's got a point. Yeah. <laughs> I tend oh, to man. agree with you. And yet I'm kind of stoked for like, the characters who've gotten kind of screwed in the X-Men right. films, yeah. like Storm, like Jean Grey, <laughs> like there's a, a real chance to bring them in. But I, but I'm very curious to see, like, is it going to be like all those other films never happened or are they going to try and like pick up the threads? They're totally them? just going to go, here's Magneto, yeah. Xavier and Wolverine all over again. Some more different actors enjoy. And that's going to be totally what they do. <laughs> You're right. You're and right. we're just going to all be like, yeah. all right. Yeah, I know. I think they could, I think they could redeem themselves just by moving forward and being better. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing totally. to say storm can't have an awesome movie or be awesome in a movie. Cause she's been recast and she's younger now and just do that. I don't know. Yeah. Nobody listens though. So what does it matter? <laughs> Why are we going on about this? But I was just curious what you guys thought as far as like merging everything together as opposed to this movie seems like it's ending with the hope that there will be a continuation of this idea. Right. And that was the plan at the time. We we heard yeah. about the Cable and X-Force movie. Uh-huh. Which would be great. But oh well. That would be great. I would love that. Yeah, I would I think we need an X-Force movie, but like if they don't fucking bring Yukio and Negasaki <laughs> Warhead in, I swear to God, I will give them until Deadpool ten, and then I am drawing a line. They're gonna have a scene that's just like that Star Wars scene where there's like two women kissing in the background, and that's oh gonna be God. them, oh and God. then they're gonna win like seventeen Glad Awards. Uh, <laughs> like, there's a lot of pressure on Deadpool ten right now. <laughs> well, no, Deadpool ten's like. That's that's the last straw. They can get it right before that. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Anytime before is fine. Well, well, I'm a procrastinator. I would just wait till ten to get it right. But everybody's different. Well, eight, <laughs> eight movies, you've got to build it up. There's not, you know, you got to be careful. Right. Right. That's right. Well, um, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up this conversation. It has been delightful to be able to dive into Deadpool two more thoroughly than we did mm-hmm. two years ago. Yes. So much thank better. you so much. This was like so much fun. I really appreciate you having me. Yeah, so glad you yes, were able to make it. Do. We'll have to ask you back. Let us know who else you'd like to talk about. Oh my god, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, Essie and Sarah, what are some things... Let's see, this is going to drop this Friday. So the Wednesday that if for us is in the future, but for this episode is in the past. What was the Bitches on Comics topic? Let me grab it. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be an essay. Is that question. the title of the episode? <laughs> it was a list. It sounds like the title of the episode. <laughs> we just we title the episodes as like the day before, so we don't know what the, uh, like the title is. But we will be that's going to be so the you're airing this on the 12th mm-hmm. or the okay, the 13th. The, sorry, 13th. Okay, so the 18th that is Oh, so we have a very, very cute episode coming up this week. We, um, my pet, my very, very sweet doggo passed away in December and it was very hard. And so Sarah and I did a, a fun tribute to him, Ace, but also to like all of our pets and to pets in comics and pop culture. So we talked just about all the amazing pets that exist in comics and pop culture. And it's super duper fun. Comet and Crypto. Yep. Yeah. Your dog's name was Ace? 
Yeah. Because of Batman or just random? No, he came with that name. Oh, but but maybe. (laughs) Yeah. I've always wanted a dog named Ace because of Batman. But anyway. Do it. Yeah, I should. Too late. I already got two that aren't named Ace, but whatever. And make sure to give him a domino ass. Totally. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Aww. Okay, so y'all should go check out the Bitches on Comics podcast where Sarah and Essie are delightful week in and week out. Um, and where can they find you on the social medias if you wish to be found? On both Twitter and Instagram, we're at Bitches on Comics. We also uh, solicit questions from listeners and just people in general who are interested in comics. So if you want to send us a question about any specific comic or about something broad like uh, we had someone ask a great question about like what are some good runs of comics that have superheroes who are female who aren't super sexualized. That was a super fun co- uh, episode because we got to talk about like all these great representations. So you can always email us, email us at b dot t c h e s o n c o m i c s at gmail dot com. You can't leave the i and bitch in because Gmail's pretty judgy. <laughs> They Although, don't like us fair, doing it. You don't have to be a listener to ask the question, but you do have to be a listener to hear their response. That's true. That's <laughs> the right way to put that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thanks again for being on the show. And Sarah, is there anything up that you're up to this month that you want to talk about? Just so much stuff that I honestly don't know if I can talk about because I just don't know. Oh, Ooh. I was I did a researcher st- a position on the Forgotten Women of Genre podcast, which is airing all through Women's History Month. So I got to do a lot of the background and digging up, you know, kind of doing all the research behind a lot of these really interesting women that have been pretty much forgotten for their role in genre. So that's really a great podcast to listen to. And I had a great time working on it. It wasn't my usual capacity of being, you know, kind of the smart alecky writer or whatever, but um, I got to just kind of geek out in a really heavy way, just, you know, laying in bed and reading about all of these really cool people and kind of just taking notes on it. So that was really fun for me. So that's one thing that everybody can know about. And then there's a bunch of other things I probably shouldn't talk about until later. Oh, just talk about them. Go ahead. <laughs> Exclusively right now. Disney's everybody. listening. <laughs> <laughs> they listen everywhere. Not to our uh, suggestions. <laughs> Touche. Um, and Mike, you have a Marvel podcast that just hit 100 episodes. Yay, I did. So do you. Oh, wait. Yeah. I do too. As of this <laughs> recording today. So, oh, yeah. Wow. so yeah, as recording episode 100 part one went up as you're listening to this episode 100 part two is up because we just decided to do that that way. Um, so tell them what we're talking about. We are talking about whether or not we're going to retire after that episode. <laughs> so you have to, you have to listen to find out if we ever make another one again. <laughs> also, we were oh. talking about the, uh, <laughs> 2004-2005 miniseries Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes oh, wow. which is a modern look back at the era we've been talking about right. so Silver Age stories from a modern perspective very fun alright so go listen to that and um, you can hit us up on Twitter at Make Ours Marvel uh, send us emails with your thoughts on the movie or your thoughts on our thoughts on the movie <laughs> and um, yeah I guess that's it thanks everybody for being here Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Y'all are the best. Have a good night, everyone.